Hey there, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Adams, and today's guest is Caitlin Chapel Rogers. Caitlin and I had our conversation quite a while ago, actually, but it is so timely for today in the midst of our quarantine. I don't know about you, but I have had a lot of time to think, a lot more time than usual, but sometimes we start to believe lies that are just not from God. So Caitlin is going to be talking about that today, how she had seasons of depression and a lot of darkness, but how God brought her out of that darkness and brought her into the light. And she believes the same can be true for you. I can't wait for you to hear the conversation. Hello, Caitlin. Welcome to the Love Offering Podcast. I am so happy you're here. Hey, thank you so much. I am super, super excited to be here. Well, so in your bio, you say that you love Jesus, people, food, and shopping all way too much, which I could echo all (laughs) those sentiments. (laughs) So you say also that you talk too loud and laugh even louder and have at least 100 different quirks. And so I I absolutely love this, like how self-deprecating you are. So how have you learned over the years to embrace exactly who God made you to be? Yeah, so all those things are very true. Um, and just to to touch on the shopping way too much, I actually just finished. So in 2019, I went through a year-long shopping fast where I did not shop. Um, and it taught me a lot. I realized it was an addiction and it was keeping me from really focusing on God and turning to Him whenever something was going wrong and I was in pain. So yeah, as soon as, as soon as you said shopping way too much, I was like, wow, I don't shop that much anymore because I feel like I was set free from that. Um, but I do love Jesus. I love people and I love food. I'm such a foodie. Um, I love brunch, coffee, all those things. So yeah, th- when it comes to being self-deprecating, I um, laugh with my mentor. Her name's Katie Wilson. We both are pretty self-deprecating And sometimes it can become a fault to where I kind of make fun of myself so much that everybody else jumps in and does the same thing. And then I get my feelings hurt. Um, So I've learned to kind of, kind of turn that back. But at the same time, I know when it's, when it's the right time to use that to really just level the playing field. I never want anyone to feel um, alone or bad about themselves. So if I can, help in that anyway and just kind of be like a hey sister me too like I do that too then that's always my goal with that but in being self-deprecating and kind of poking fun at myself I've really had to learn how to how to embrace who God made me to be and how to love exactly who he made me to be and one of my favorite verses in the world is first Peter 2 9 and I'm going to read it because it's just so powerful and it's something I really hold on to tightly but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I mean, wow, like a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his special possession. I just love all of that. And on days when I feel like I'm just not enough and I don't really want to love who God made me to be, that's such a reminder that I have been set apart and that he brought me out of darkness into his wonderful light. And I've I just encourage so many other people to do the same thing that, that when you feel like you do talk too much or you do laugh too loud and you're just a little too much or not enough for the room that God has, has called you a Royal priesthood. I just love that. Mm -hmm. I do too. Well, you know, we've, we've just been, we've never actually met before and we've just been talking for like maybe 15 minutes total, but 
I can already see um, how outgoing and such a people person you are. And I could already love that about you. And in fact, you say that you have never met a stranger and you actually got in trouble for inviting too many people to your wedding. So would you just share, like, have you always been so outgoing and have you always been a people person? <laughs> yeah. So I really did get in trouble for inviting too many people to my wedding. I was inviting people like the day of, like, you can just, you can just come like, <laughs> yeah, which my parents and my husband are like, Hey, Kayla, I'm like, we have a set amount of food for these people. Like, what are you doing? Um, I <laughs> joked that I was like inviting my nail technician and I just, I just love people and it really kind of taught me though, there were honestly like too many people at my wedding. I mean, I didn't really even get to talk to everyone and hug everyone. And I think the Lord was just showing me like, Hey, Caitlin, it's great that you love everyone so much, but you have to be careful. You can't be best friends with everyone because then you don't have an ample amount of time to spend with the people I've put in your life who mean the most. So that was a whole lesson in itself, but I have truly always been outgoing. I would talk to strangers in the grocery store my mom was like you are going to get kidnapped like we cannot keep doing this um I would put on shows I would like sing in front of people any any chance I had to just get attention and make new friends I was all about it and it really never slowed down I um I just I just really do love people and I love hearing people's stories and connecting with them um and it can it can get me in trouble like I said but I don't ever want the Lord to take that away. I do. I have asked for him to tame it a little bit more (laughs) um, (laughs) because it gets a little bit out of control. But yeah, I think I came out of the womb talking and my parents can attest (laughs) to that. So, (laughs) Well, so sort of on that note, you've, you've also always felt burdened by being a Jane of all trades, but a master of none. But now you consider it a gift. What has helped you to learn to turn your burdens into blessings? And how do you suggest that we do the same? Yeah, um, that's always been kind of like a running joke in my head. Like, you know, people say that Jack of all trades, master of none. I was like, well, I'm a girl, so I'm a Jane of all trades, master of none. And it used to really upset me because I, you know, I played three sports in high school. I was basketball player, cheerleader, ran track, and I was actually good at all of them, but I wasn't like, the best at any of them. So I felt like something was wrong with me. I'm like, Lord, why couldn't you have just given me like the passion for one thing? Um, actually someone who has really encouraged me in that. And she doesn't know me from Adam's house cat, but I follow her and love her. Jordan Lee Dooley. Um, she, for those who don't know, she's, she's a blogger. She's on Instagram. She's an author and a speaker. Um, she, Reminds me a lot of me. And I'm like, if we could meet, I feel like we'd be best friends. But she <laughs> talks about And you will lot. because you've never met a stranger. Yeah, so exactly. No <laughs> <laughs> but she talks a lot about being um, multi-passionate. That's what she says. Like, I have a lot of different passions. And how can I kind of bring them all together and really serve the Lord? So I've just, I've been praying a lot about how God um, can help me in that. You know, I love, I love words. So that's the ultimate passion and gift I've been given is whether it's written word, spoken word, an encouraging word, his word. And so I think that he, he reminded me like, Hey, it's all rooted in one thing. And they're just kind of different branches that come out from those roots. And that's okay. Like a tree doesn't grow straight up and just have one big stump. It's got multiple branches that produce fruit from all the branches. So when you look at it like that, instead of the 
the negative, then it becomes it becomes exciting. And I I'm just really learning how to speak words of life and say, hey, that's how he made me. And yes, I have to work on the discipline of kind of keeping it all <laughs> keeping it all in line and not not doing too much so that I'm exhausted. Um, but I just I encourage people just to really go to God and say, hey, what is it that you want me to do? And how can I use all these things to glorify you um, without without going crazy, you know? And so I'm just, I'm learning that the passions he's given me are from him and he made me a certain way. So to really just fully live in that and walk in that, that, that has turned all the burden that it used to be into a major blessing. You have written a book titled Not From God. And it was written to take back the narrative of our lives and give our story to the rightful author, who, which is Jesus. Would you share your own personal narrative that led you to put pen to paper, or I guess finger to keyboard for this for this book? Yeah, so I actually, um, I've actually always wanted to write a book. I've been writing literally since I was five years old. Um, and my goal was to have a book published before I was 25. It's like some goal I made up in my mind. Um, so when this came about, God was like, Hey, I never said you had to have like a traditional publisher to publish this. Like you can self publish it on your own. So I actually had planned to write like an ebook, a free online kind of freebie. Um, but I was trying to go to the she speaks conference put on by Proverbs 31 and Lisa Turkhurst. And it, it's pretty expensive to go. So I was like, all right, how am I going to come up with this extra money? So I posted on Instagram and was like, hey, guys, would you all be willing to pay like four bucks for this online thing? People said yes. But then I put up a poll and was like, would you rather read it online or read it in a paper book? And overwhelmingly, people said paperback. I was like, OK, yeah, I'm a I like to hold it in my hands, too. I don't read online books. I have to hold the books in my hands. Yeah. Me so too. I was walking through a season of actually very dark depression um, it was my first year of marriage and my, ho- my poor husband thought, oh, it's, it's my fault. Like she, she hates me. We've made a mistake. She's so upset. I met this girl who was just radiant full of life. And now she doesn't even want to get out of bed in the morning. Um, and it was actually a really, really difficult season. And it lasted about a year, year and a half um, of just complete and utter darkness. I, I didn't want to get out of bed. I would sometimes sleep till 2 p.m., Um, I was just miserable, but I kept a face on, I kept smiling on the outside, you know, everything looked fine. Um, even some of the people closest to me didn't even really realize what was going on, but he knew my husband knew. And, you know, I would cry myself to sleep every night and something that the Lord kind of gifted me during that season, as I would be lying there, just completely upset. I really didn't want to live anymore. It was really sad. Um, but I would see the moonlight kind of pour into the bedroom Um, and it would hit my bedroom floor and I would just kind of watch it dance across the bedroom floor. And every time I saw it, God would say to me, this is the light in the darkness. Like you can still see the light on the darkest night. And I promise I'm going to bring you out of this. So I just kept trusting and just kept believing. And during that year, um, he said to me, you know, all these feelings that you're feeling, this comparison, this anxiety, this depression, all of it is not even from me. Like you're walking around, like you have to hold on to it. And these are bags I've asked you to drop. Like, I didn't give this to you. And you live in a fallen world where these things are real, but they're not from me. And that's where the title came from, not from God. So each chapter is 
something that's not from him and then a truth to replace it with. And as I was writing it, he was like, Hey, this is your book. Like you're going to, you're going to share this. And so that's where it was born. And it, it was really from a place of such darkness that I, I really wanted to help others who might be experiencing that dark, that darkness just to walk out of it and walk into his light. Just like that verse says, first Peter two, nine, he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And I know what that's like. And I want other people to experience the same thing. So if a woman is maybe feeling that way today, how would you suggest that she first identify the thought and feelings that are not from God? Yeah. So I think that, that writing things down, I know it really helps for me. And some people would say, well, I'm not a writer. Well, everyone is a writer and should be a writer. Um, You don't have to share it publicly. That doesn't have to be your vocation, but just to keep a journal and, um, you know, keep a notebook beside your bed. And when you feel those thoughts come over you, just write down like, oh, I'm super anxious right now, or I'm feeling pretty depressed, like pretty low. And then to go, to go back to God, go back to his word and say, oh, this is never, this was never from him. Like I can't find in his word where he said on the seventh day, I created depression. Like that's not, (laughs) that's not something that actually happened and that's not from him. So really just, um, it's not easy to identify the thoughts, but when we notice that the same thought keeps going on in our mind over and over to write that down and honestly then to tell somebody, even if it's just one person, um, I'm a huge fan of counseling and I started going to counseling in that season um, to a Christian counselor and she really changed my life and I still go and she helps me identify those thoughts and say, Hey, Caitlin, that's not, that's not something you have to hold on to. And a lot of times you feel like something is true in your mind. And then when you say it out loud and you share it with someone, it loses all of its power. So that's, Writing it down and saying it out loud to someone are two big things I would really encourage everyone to do. Once we identify those lies, how can we then replace them with the truth that is from him? Yeah, I said the same as writing down the lies, um, write down the truth. I have so many pages in my notebook where I've written down lies and then marked them out and wrote down truth beside it, whether it was a truth that I know from reading the word or an actual scripture. And the only way to know truth is to bathe in truth, to soak in truth and to, to memorize truth. And, you know, that sounds overwhelming. It is, it is hard to memorize scripture, but just to start with, Hey, I'm going to read the Bible every single day. And I'm going to learn what the truth is that he says about me before I can let the world pour in what their truth is before I can let the enemy attack me and decide what truth is for me. I'm going to be rooted and planted in the truth of God so that I can go back to it on those hard days. Well, so, you know, if we aren't careful, we can go down, or at least I can, an irrational, (laughs) like, rabbit hole very quickly. It starts with, like, one little thing, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, how did I get from A to Z? So, what would you say to the woman who might be this way like me, who might be an overthinker or an overanalyzer? Yeah, so it's funny. My best friend for Christmas actually bought me a mug that says, let me overthink about it, (laughs) because (laughs) she and I are both, like, avid overthinkers. I'm like, if that could be my hobby, then it would be. I overthink (laughs) so many things. Uh, Let me say, I'm, I'm going to speak words of life over myself and say, I'm a recovering overthinker because I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. You know, I actually, I left dinner with a couple friends the other night. There were three couples there and I normally would leave and be like, oh my gosh, I said this. Oh my gosh. Does she think I hate her? And one of the girls called me and said, Hey, I shouldn't have said this. I just, I just like, I'm freaking out about it. 
And then as soon as I got off the phone with her, the other friend texted me and was like, um, are you mad at me for saying ABC? And I just laughed because I was like, no, like I didn't think anything of it. And it reminded me that in those situations where I overthink that the other person is not, is not thinking about it. And I have grown so much in that really over just the past few months of just remembering that it's really not that deep. Like a a phrase I keep saying to myself is it's not that deep, but God's love for me is. So whatever I'm walking through and whatever I'm overthinking is not that deep and God's love is deeper. So I actually wrote an entire blog post um, that you can find on my website and on my Pinterest. And it is uh, 10 powerful verses for overthinkers. So I've actually given 10 verses to, for people to read and, and remember the truth when they start to overthinking and when they start to overthink and go down that really dangerous rabbit hole. So, you know, Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Isaiah 43, 18, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Uh, Proverbs 17, 22, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And one more, Romans 8, 6, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So I give several more. Like I said, there are 10 verses there um, that I have to go back to. And remember that overthinking is just not worth it. It's only causing me stress and anxiety that, again, is not even from God. One of my other favorite quotes from you says that we have to control our thoughts if we don't want them to control us. How do we maintain this control? Uh, so, you know, we all hear Second uh, Corinthians ten five to take every thought captive. Um but that's, that's real. That's what we have to do. We have to take every thought captive and put it back where it goes. And actually in my book, I talk about treating our thoughts as, as prisoners. Now, if we let them loose and let them run wild, it's just like a prisoner escaping prison and wreaking havoc everywhere. But if we lock them up, put them where they go and say, you're going to stay here, then we become the controller, like the warden, if you will. Like we're controlling where they are, where they stay. And when we do that, there are actually grooves in our brain. And my counselor taught me this, but when we think a thought over and over and over again, it actually creates a path in our brain. So just like if you walk to the mailbox every day, same path in the grass, there's going to be like a little rut, like a groove from where you have walked there every single day. So if you think every single day, like I'm, I'm not good enough, then there's a groove in your brain and it just automatically walks through there every day. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. So we actually have to retrain our brains. Easier said than done, but it's just like working out. So we start to think I'm not good and then stop in his tracks and create a new groove. So we say over and over, I am good enough because I'm a child of God. It's not because of me. It's because I'm a child of God. And we create a different pathway in our brains and that becomes a new groove. And that other one, kind of dries up and, and grows up and it's not there anymore. And it takes a lot of practice and it can take a long time to do, but that's how we really have to go after it and, and maintain that control. And I actually just got Jenny Allen's new book. It's called Get Out of Your Head mm-hmm. and it tackles toxic thoughts. And I'm super excited just to, to dive into it and read it. I'm finishing up another book uh, before I start that one, but I'm, I'm very excited. And I've just listened to a lot of her podcast interviews recently and she was being severely attacked by the enemy in her thoughts and would wake up at night panicking and <clears throat> even started doubting her faith. 
Um, and she had to take back control of her thoughts. And I think we all struggle with it to some degree. And we really, we really have to go back to God's word and, and take those thoughts captive and put them exactly where they belong. Yeah. Yeah. I do think we all struggle with it and it's, and it's a daily practice, you know, like we think we may have conquered it and, but we, it's a, it's the daily bread that we need. So I'm interested, you know, we've, we've talked about renewing our minds. So do you have some favorite verses that help you to do that? And maybe a practical way to keep them at the forefront of your thoughts? Like, how can we apply this? What, what do we do? What's a day, day to day? What's that look like for you? Yeah, so I've been really uh, diligent this year. I've never, I've actually never read through the Bible in a year, which I'm like embarrassed to say because I feel like I should have done that already. But the more people I talk to, they're like, oh, I haven't either. I need to, because, you know, we'll read the Bible, but we'll just kind of read random things or go through a Bible study. Um, right. But I really felt the Lord saying like, hey, you got to read through cover to cover. Um, so I'm doing a chronological study of it. And I got a chronological Bible actually several months ago. But then when January hit, I came across um, the Bible recap by Tara Lee Cobble, and that's a podcast. And she actually recorded daily um, a podcast to recap what we read in the Bible that day. So she walks you through the Bible in a year chronologically and recaps every single day. So she, it was a lot of work for her. And she, she kind of talks about it on some other podcasts, how much work it was. And it was five hours a day of recording and she was working 80 hours a week. I mean, it it was insane, but I'm so grateful she did it because it has honestly changed my life and changed my love of the word. And so, and her podcast episodes are like 10 minutes or less, just recapping the three or four chapters that we read that day. And so making that a discipline every day, even if, oh no, I woke up late and I didn't get to read it that morning, which is my goal and what I usually like to do then, okay, I'm reading it before bed or I'm reading it on my lunch break. Whatever I have to do to read the word that day, I'm doing it because I know that God wants this for me. And, oh my gosh, it has changed my thought life so much because when I get, when I go down that rabbit hole, I, I remember what I read that morning and I go back to the specific verse I read that morning. And, you know, another thing that I would say has really helped change my thought life, i did 21 days of prayer and fasting with my church um, in January. And in addition to a food fast, I actually fasted from social media, which is something everyone needs to do at some point and as often as possible because, wow. I mean, I was truly like happier than I've ever been. I felt so much lighter. I felt um, so much clarity in my mind where a fog once was. I felt clearer and that was you know, in part to removing some of the bad food I was, I was intaking and putting my body, but a lot of it was social media. And so just to step away and remember, it's not real life. Um, there's some great opportunities we have on that platform to share truth and to share love and to share Jesus. But when we get into the dangerous part of it, where we're um, looking at someone else's life nonstop and comparing it to ours, that gets really dangerous. And so just setting a limit on that, My husband actually put a lock on my phone and I only have an hour a day to be on Instagram. So I have just enough time to post what I need to post and what I need to share and, you know, catch up on my friend's stuff. And then it shuts off. Like I can't look at it anymore. And that has helped me stay accountable and not get so caught up and so bogged down by it. Wow. Those are some really, really good tips. So thank you for sharing those. Yeah. I, I also loved a blog post that you wrote about how to really love yourself. 
And in it, you say this, you say, loving yourself is not believing you're the prettiest, smartest, richest, most popular, most talented, or most successful in the room. It's knowing that you might not be any of those things, and yet you're still good enough. So Caitlin, how do we learn to love ourselves as God loves us? Yeah, so I, I kind of forgot that I wrote that. And when I read it back, I was like, oh, that's that's pretty good. Like, I'm, I'm glad God <laughs> gave me that, you know, like yeah. I needed that more than whoever read it. I needed it um, because I think that I used to equate being pretty smart, rich, popular, successful. That to me meant that I would be good enough. And if I looked around the room and I noticed like, OK, I've accomplished more things than that girl over there. I, I'm OK. Well, that is ugly and that is not how I want my heart to be. And, and that, that compares me to the prettiest person in the room and, and makes me feel worse. And then I'm, you know, it's, it's yucky and feels very arrogant to say like, oh, okay, well, yeah, my house is bigger than hers. So I'm good. And that's all, whether you compare up or down, it's, it's not what God intended for us. And I think that removing all those things and peeling off those labels that the world created, you know, God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. And so to look at every girl in the room and notice the beautiful things about her, not the way she looks, but because, oh, wow, she always gravitates to the saddest person in the room. We're like, wow, she, she really is always behind the scenes cleaning up after people like to notice those things about people that really helps you love yourself more. Um, I think that, that sharing happiness and sharing kindness and throwing out compliments like confetti that really reminds you to love who God made you to be because it points back to the way God created all of us in his image. And when we really remember that, and like I said, peel away all the labels that honestly don't matter and don't hold weight in his kingdom, then we start to see people through kingdom eyes and through God's eyes. And then we see ourselves through his eyes. And that's, that's what it boils down to is seeing us, how he sees us and then loving who he made us to be. Yes. Well, so in that same post you wrote, it's not worrying about your rank in the room and instead focusing on how you can share love with someone else. And so I especially love this part of your post because of the heart behind this podcast. What does sharing love look like in your own life? Yeah. And I love, I love your title, the love offering. I've, you know, Thank want my life to be a love offering. And I think that anyone who follows Jesus wants the same. His life was the ultimate love offering that ended with him giving his life for us. And so just to be able to do that on a daily basis. And yeah, like, like you said, from the blog, I wrote focusing on how we can share love with someone else. You know, I, I've learned from my counselor again, that we all have an ego and to learn how to instead feed that ego because it's natural. We all kind of want ourselves to be okay. It becomes like a um, fight or flight. Like, Oh, it is, am I in danger? And we honestly, there are lots of thoughts that, that we know logically aren't putting us in danger and going to cause death, but our brain really does kind of put off like a, Oh my goodness, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I have to make sure I'm, I'm okay in this room. And instead of doing that and focusing on that, to really share love with other people. It, it takes our ego focus away from building our own ego and it subdues that ego. It brings it back down. It, it becomes more logical and says, okay, my focus is not on myself. 
ever. It's going to be on every other person in this room. It's going to be on my husband in this marriage. It's going to be on my coworkers. It's going to be on the people I'm serving at church. It really flips the script. It completely changes the narrative. It takes away any power the enemy has tried to gain to make us think life is about us and reminds us that life is about other people and life is about offering love to every single person we come in contact with so that they can see not the love of us, but the love of Christ. Mm, Yes. Amen. So this season, I'm asking my guests, who has loved them well and how did they love you well? So Caitlin, who comes to mind for you? Uh, Immediately, my husband comes to mind and I'll try not to cry when I talk about him. But, um, you know, I mentioned that he walked through that really, really dark season with me. And obviously he was with me more than anyone else. And he was so kind and so compassionate and honestly let me borrow his face. And I went to a women's event kind of during all of that. And one of the women spoke and said, there are times in your life when you will let someone else borrow your faith. And there are times when you'll have to borrow faith from other people. And I just immediately burst into tears and went home to tell him like, thank you for letting me borrow your faith because I felt like I was losing mine. And you reached out your hand and said, here's some of mine, you know, borrow it. And he loves me so well all the time. I mean, he's truly an answered prayer. Um, When I prayed for a husband, I prayed for someone who loved Jesus and someone who could cook well. And he is both of those things. (laughs) And praise the Lord because I cannot cook at all. So he cooks for me all the time. Um, But he, he loves God so much and he in turn loves me so much. And he is always my biggest fan, always my biggest cheerleader. Um, He, you know, sometimes he has to be kind of blunt and say, Hey, that's not truth. Like we're, that's not what God says about you. Like, let's, let's stop saying that. Um, But in the same, at the same time, he's so gentle and he really does think I'm the most beautiful girl in the room and it blows my mind, but he really does. And he makes me feel that way every single day. And gosh, he has loved me so well. And I don't always love him as well as he loves me. And I'm, I'm working on that, but he is the, the greatest gift in my life for sure. Mm, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well, I'd love to hear what you're currently working on and how listeners can stay in contact with you. Yeah. So I'm excited for a lot of different things that I'm working on. I actually had the chance to, to go away for a weekend with, with some of my close friends and my mom and my mentor. And we um, kind of did a vision casting for this year and for kind of the plans that I have for 2020 and 2021. Um, so I'm working on another book and in March, I actually get to go um, my, my mentor, Katie and I, we're going to a cabin and we're not leaving for a week and we are writing and you know, I joke because to people who don't write, that sounds like a nightmare and it sounds like prison, but to us, it sounds like a dream come true. I'm like counting down the days until we get to go in March. Um, and I'm really hoping to write a big chunk of the next book I'm working on. And, um, I can't share the title yet, but the book is about happiness. And so I think that writing a book about how dark my life felt and how these things that were not from God took over. Um, I really want to follow up with walking people out of that darkness into his wonderful light, just like first Peter two, nine says, I keep going back to that verse because it holds so much weight in my life. Um, and then on top of that, just working on some really fun resources to give my readers. I've actually been, um, consulting and coaching a lot of women, um, women who want to write and speak women who want to start their own businesses. So I'm working on launching, um, 
just a complete coaching course and um, to have to be able to do one-on-one coaching with women. So those are just a few of the things I'm working on. And people can follow me on Instagram at Caitlin Chapel Rogers. Um, my website is CaitlinChapelRogers.com. I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Um, but the place that I really connect most is just my website and Instagram. So they can keep up with all the fun things I'm doing and definitely connect with me there. I love like I said, I don't meet a stranger, so I love to meet friends on the internet too. Um, so I'd love for people to reach out and and ask me questions or just share with me their stories of what God's done in their life. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for being my guest today. I appreciate you sharing your story and teaching us to know the difference between what is from God and what is not from God so that we can walk confidently in that knowledge and light. God bless you. Yes, thank you so much. I've loved being here and I I hope that the main takeaway that anyone who's listening to this hears is that you don't have to stay in darkness. God does have light for you on the other side. Mm, Well, that's the message I heard. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode with Caitlin Chapel Rogers. I hope that it encouraged you to identify some of those lies that you may be believing that are not from God and start replacing them with the truths that are from God, that you can start creating new grooves in your brain to renew your minds, to move out of the darkness and into His glorious light. If you're interested in receiving show notes from today's episode, you can head on over to at Rachel Adams author on Instagram or on Facebook. And you can also have them sent directly to your inbox by going to rachelkadams.com. Next week, my guest is Arlene Pelicane. Arlene is a speaker, author, media personality, and a blogger. She's written many books, but in next week's episode, she's going to be talking about parents rising. She had such good wisdom that just really the entire time I was nodding my head and she just honestly was challenging me the entire time. She really just wants us as parents to rise because as she says, there's no better time than now. Let's not waste our moments. It was such a good episode and I can't wait for you to tune in then as well. You all, if this this podcast has been an encouragement to you or has positively impacted your life, would you consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing it? I would so appreciate that, and that would be such a love offering back to me, and it would ensure that even more women can receive the same love offering. You all have a great week. Thank you so much for spending your time with me again uh, today, and I just hope and pray that you have a terrific week, and as always, remember to lead with love.